0: That was good. Good morning. It's good to be here on this third Advent Sunday that we're heading into. And um, now I know some of you are waiting uh, to see what I'm going to toss out at you. um, Because we know Pastor Dylan has a thing of tossing things right now. Last week, he started our service off with tossing... um, scrub daddies. And if you missed the service, now you're going, man, what was that all about? Well, you'll have to check that one out. Uh, that was our second Sunday of Advent. I don't have anything to toss out, but I had the auditorium decorated for Christmas. Beat that, Dylan. <laughs> Actually, no, I didn't. I had nothing to do with it. Um, Pastor Aaron, quarterback dad, uh, Gord, who was playing on the keyboard, his family—I don't know who is all here—but they did a beautiful job to set uh, the table for us as we head into Christmas season this this year. Um, with us is our Christmas theme. It's our Christmas series, and we celebrate this third week of Advent. Our word is joy. It's our focus. That word we use in and around Christmas in songs, in cards, in decorations. Uh, It's all around us, this word joy at Christmas, isn't it? But what about that first Christmas? I'm not sure joy was on Mary and Joseph's mind when they were in the thick of it that first Christmas. We all know the story Mary is told by an angel that she is pregnant, conceived by the Holy Spirit, the Son of God, the Messiah. And now there is this tension between her and her fiancé, Joseph. And he wants to divorce her quietly, because he doesn't want anything a part of this. Until He's convinced by an angel that she is, in fact, carrying the, the Messiah, her child, the Son of God. So now they both are living with this tension in their community. And we don't know what that was like. It's not written anywhere. But we can imagine that we're, but it, there would have been a lot of tension around this situation. Mary and Joseph having this baby, and they haven't been officially married yet. I assume at some point Mary and Joseph begin to process uh, all of this, and they're starting to make plans for their little family, making a home, getting ready to bring this new little person into their life. Who will be there? Who's going to be there to help them to bring and celebrate the birth of this baby? Then all of a sudden there is this decree that they will be, uh, they have to travel to Bethlehem. This is the home place of Joseph. And so things all of a sudden change. This journey would probably have taken at least four days walking, riding on a donkey. Not an easy trip to make from Nazareth to Bethlehem. This journey would have taken a good four days. And for a woman who was, late in pregnancy maybe a little scary. And so now these plans are changing, and I can imagine Joseph, if he was anything like me, would have been trying to reassure his wife he's going to make sure everything's going to be okay, and he's going to get her back to Nazareth in time to have this baby back home with his mom, and all the stuff is in place. So don't worry, I've got it looked after. However, the closer they get to their destination, The more Mary is feeling like this baby is coming sooner than later. And of course, all the mothers here know what that's like when they're carrying a baby and the time is coming. Now, just imagine, ladies, because I can't imagine this, of course, but riding on a donkey for four days late in pregnancy. I'll just leave it there. This baby's coming. And I'm sure, again, that journey sped things up. And so now they begin to scramble to find a place, any place. And yes, it ends up being something like a stable or a barn where sheep are being cared for, for the lodging and for the birth of this baby. Because we know Jesus was laid in a manger, and so... The picture of this stable is where we see Jesus being born that night. We don't know how the birth of Jesus all went down, but I don't believe joyful might have been the words Mary and Joseph would have used to describe that first night. At least not as it was going down. I'm imagining there was a lot of tension, some screaming, And you fill in all the gaps. I don't think it was a restful night. At least not until they had some visitors show up. And that is where we want to focus our attention. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to read from that passage that Raymond read from earlier as as their family did the Advent with us. From Luke chapter 2. And we're going to start at verse 8. That night, this night that we're talking about, the night that Jesus was born, this is the night we're talking about. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But an angel reassured them, don't be afraid. Yeah, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in cloths. Strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Isn't that one of the greatest parts of the Christmas story? I mean, of course, Jesus being born is the best, but this is definitely one of those Parts of the story that we all know and remember and we sing about. It is a wonderful part of Christmas, of the Christmas story. But let's picture this scene, would you with me? This really did happen. You know that, right? Of course, it's written in the Bible and we say, yeah. But this really did happen. This isn't just, you know, a fairy tale or just a story that we read about. This actually happened. This isn't just a snapshot of the nativity scene on our mantle in our living room. This happened. There were shepherds out in the field. Picture with me. There were shepherds out in the field. A bunch of them hanging around, looking after their sheep, guarding over their sheep. These guys were were known as probably the bottom of the working class Um. Some were, they were considered as social outcasts by some. Interesting to note that the sheep that they were guarding very well could have been the temple sheep. The, the lambs that they were guarding were probably the lambs that were going to be sacrificed in the temple. And God chose to tell them about Jesus. Think about that for a moment. It's pretty cool. But picture with me this cool winter night, and these guys were all settled down for the night as they watched over their sheep. And out of the stillness and out of the darkness of the night, an angel from heaven breaks into their midst. And he's not just standing there, but the glory of God is shining all around them. And I'm trying to imagine it, but I don't quite know what that would have been like. But it freaked these guys out terribly. Because it says they, they were terrified. Not scared or, you know, kind of a little afraid. They were terrified. This is the top level fear, okay? But the angels reassure them. Or the angel says, don't be afraid. I don't know how that went over for the shepherds, but the angel says, don't be afraid. And he goes on, he says, I bring you good news that will be great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. Listen, guys, you will recognize him you'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Then if that wasn't enough, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, hundreds, thousands of other angels, not little fluffy white. This was the armies of heaven that broke out around these guys. And I can imagine the voices of these armies singing glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. They were singing praises to God. The most magnificent choir you could ever imagine broke out around these shepherds. Are you getting the picture? That must have been something to see and be a part of. We don't know how long they hung out with these shepherds after they gave the message and sang. But once they were gone, the shepherds turned to each other and said, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go and see this thing that the Lord has told us about. And off they went to look for this baby in a manger. So these guys, along with every Jewish person in that area in that time, has been waiting for this prophecy to come to be, to come to pass. They've been waiting for this for hundreds of years. The Messiah, the Savior, has been born today in Bethlehem, just down the hill. And this news the angel is bringing will bring great joy to all people. And this is our Advent word for today. Jesus was coming to bring great joy for them and in that time and for us and for all people, for that matter. Jesus came and is Emmanuel, God with us. Not happiness. He didn't come to bring happiness and warm fuzzies. He came to bring joy. And there is a difference between those two things, and we know that, right? Happiness and joy are not one and the same. Happiness is that outward fleeting kind of fun ha <laughs> kind of stuff. Joy is an inner deep feeling, something much more profound. Jesus came to bring joy. Joy is the message of Christmas, no matter how you feel or what you do or don't do at this time of year. Joy is to be at the heart of it. Yes, there is the Christmas story and the real truth behind Christmas. But most of us, you know, we go about our routines and celebrations, parties and all that stuff that we have planned. Starts December 1st, and for some it starts even earlier. Planning and decorating, and all of that can be a huge ordeal for us. Planning around family and friends coming together to be together at this time of year uh, can be a really big deal and an important part of Christmas. And that's okay, but Christmas can also be complicated for some of us, maybe even messy and hard. It was pretty messy and hard that first Christmas. Don't you think? When you I think again go back to the scene of Mary and Joseph making that trek to Bethlehem, finding no place to lodge, having to bunker down, hunker down in this little stable. Not a great place to bring the birth of your first child, never mind the Son of God, into the world probably pretty messy that first night. But let me just pause here. Messy was a part of Christmas. And messy is a part of our lives too. And this afternoon, if you feel like you're in the thick end, in the deep end of, of life, we would invite you to come to our Hope in a Minor Key gathering this afternoon at four. As we focus in, and reflect, and worship, and gather together, we want to encourage each of us. No matter what we are grieving, where we are at, whether it's the loss of a loved one, maybe it's the loss of a job, maybe there's loss of health and sickness, whatever it is, this is an opportunity to come together and worship, reflect, and be encouraged as we go through this Christmas season. Hope in a minor key, this afternoon at four because it does reflect a lot of what happened and went on that very first Christmas. There was hope, but it was pretty off. So again, Mary and Joseph planned on starting a family. Not even This wasn't what they planned on. This wasn't how they imagined it was going to happen. I can imagine Mary had planned for her mother to be close by her side. To be all there and to be helping her. Remember, Mary would have been pretty young. And giving birth to her first child would have been pretty scary. But she gives birth to baby Jesus. And as she's holding him and recovering from the travel and and the giving birth in that that night, these shepherds show up outside the stable. (laughs) We don't know how long after. But I assume that uh, news would have traveled fast in that area. Hey, there's some lady giving birth in the stables on the edge of town. Well, I don't know how it happened. But I can also imagine Joseph meeting those shepherds and going, okay, guys, my wife just had birth. We just traveled a four-day. We, we don't need anybody to come, you know, go away, come back another day kind of thing. But these shepherds, maybe they were shining glowing the radiance of God. I don't know what it was, but they convinced Joseph they had a message to share with this mother and him. And so Mary would have heard the shepherds say that the angels told them, I bring you good news that will be great joy to all people. Great joy. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And then Mary would have looked down at the manger, seeing baby Jesus wrapped in strips of cloth in Bethlehem. Wow amidst all the hardship of the past few days and even the events of this whole night as crazy as that would have been i wonder if a deep feeling of joy begins to dwell, begins to well up within her as she treasures these truths in her heart Jesus is the hope of the world. And this was just the spark, just the spark that would begin to fan into flame for all of mankind. That would ultimately climax when Jesus would be hanging on the cross for you and for me. And then he would say, It is finished. It is finished. And He would give up His last breath and ultimately His life so that you and I could experience real joy and hope when we put our trust and our faith in Him, Messiah, Savior of the world. I love the imagery that the team put together here yesterday the manger and the cross together. That's the hope we have. And of course, we know the encore in all of this was that Jesus didn't stay on the cross or did not stay dead because he rose on the third day and is alive and well. And it all began in the manger and a message from an angel. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. So no matter what this Christmas brings for you, don't forget that Jesus is here to bring us deep joy And that word joy or rejoice is scattered all through Scripture. Lots of different places. But I want to read another verse for you found in Hebrews. You don't have to turn there, but just listen. Hebrews 12, verse 2, actually just at the end of verse 1, and it says, And let us run with endurance the race that God has set for us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Because of the joy that was set before him, When Jesus was in the most difficult part of his life here on earth, he had joy to cling to. In those hardest moments of life, he had joy deep down inside as he knew what was awaiting him at the end. He would be seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. And you and I have that same joy and that same hope awaiting us. We can run this race set before us because of the joy that awaits us in the end. When we put our faith and our hope in Jesus, this is not our home. This is not our home. Jesus, he came to forgive us of our sins, to give us hope and joy. And he's gone to prepare a place for all of us. For anyone that puts their hope and their trust in him. And we can experience this joy. This is the joy that the angel was speaking about. This is the message, the good news of the gospel. This is the good news of Christmas. This is what we are here to celebrate. And so as you go about your Christmas celebrations, as you go about your family get-togethers, as you are on your own by yourself, whatever your situation might be, Christ was born for you and for me. And he is with us.